0: The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Welcome back inside the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Happy to have you once again this week. I am the namesake. This is Season 4, Episode 21, the season finale of our fourth season of the podcast. It's a weekly podcast about high school football in the mid-Ohio Valley. Like us on Facebook at the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. This is the one where we come to say goodbye. We'll have some news and notes, and we'll give you our top ten players of 2021, plus the top five storylines of the year and the top five to watch for as we head into 2021. 22. Lots to get to, so we'll get right to it. All-state rosters were announced in all three classes this week. In Class AAA, locally, it's Cyrus Traw of Parkersburg South making the first team as a wide receiver. Traw, one of the area's most explosive threats, the wide receiver was the only local player to make it to the AAA All-state first team. He topped both 100 catches and 1,000 receiving yards as Parkersburg South got back to the playoffs for the first time since 2019 when they went to the semifinals. Parkersburg's Bryson Singer is a utility on the second-team defense. He's the captain of the second team defense. He's the only other local player to get either first or second team recognitions on the Class AAA list. Singer had a strong season. He was also named to the All-MSAC first team this season. In Class A, the All-State team dominated by local players. From the state champion Richie County Rebels, you've got Connor Schaefer, Ethan Hott, and Gus Morrison on the first team. Williamstown offers Colton Melrose, Max Melissa, and Ricky Allen on the first team. Second team honors went to Riley Bowley of St. Mary's, plus Gavin Bell and Austin Bartlett of Ritchie County, as well as Colt Hessen of Williamstown, and Sean Winfrey from Tyler Consolidated got second team honors as a running back. Deserving honors for those young men, I think I would have added Marlon Moore of Ritchie County to the second team, until late in the season, his biggest contribution came on defense, and I think sometimes that counts against somebody, not technically, not by the rules, but I think a lot of times when the sports writers vote for those, they look at the numbers, and why wouldn't they? That's what they have in front of them. So Moore's biggest contributions might have been on defense, but it's the offensive numbers that people tend to see and that's what tends to sway the voting. Closer to home, all LKC honors were handed out once again, and for the second straight year, Gus Morrison was named Little Kanawha Conference Player of the Year. Five touchdowns for Gus Morrison in his final high school football game ever. That ties a Class A Super 6 record, a state championship game record, as he pretty much put the Rebels on his back on Wheeling Island and propelled them to a state title. And Rick Hott from Ritchie County is the LKC Coach of the Year, as you might expect someone would get after winning a state championship. Again, he would have been in the running, as would Chris Beck of Williams. Town, You have to think uh, Ryan Walton of Tyler Consolidated would merit some recognition because they had a pretty strong season and just barely missed the playoffs. And Bobby Burnside of Doddridge County, also a strong candidate for that as well, but Rick Haught, the coach of the year in the La Conference. First team honors from Williamstown, Aiden Corbett, Colt Hessen, Colton Melrose, and Max Melissa. For Ritchie County, Austin Bartlett, Brandon Riddle, Gus Morrison, Connor Schaefer, Ethan Hott, and Gavin Bell. For Tyler Consolidated, Case Landis, Jaden Helmick, Sean Winfrey, and Ty Walton. And for Sam St. Mary's, Ethan Weikert, Josh Roush, Riley Bowley, and Wyatt Norman. That's the all-LKC football team. Those teams are selected by the league's coaches. The biggest individual award that's been given out so far is the Metro News Player of the Year Award, and that went to Martinsburg's Hudson Clement. I'll be honest, I think Hudson Clement had a good season, but I think his state championship game is what pushed him over the top. He caught 87 passes for 1,700-plus yards and 23 touchdowns. Four of those came in Martinsburg state title win over Huntington. He also ran for four scores and his eight scores set a Super 6 record to lead Martinsburg to claim their ninth championship since 2010. Clement got 13 of the 20 first place votes and 77 points. He ran away with the award. Locally, Ritchie County's Gus Morrison finished fourth in voting, including one first place vote. A first place vote also went to Ritchie County quarterback Ethan Hot. Those were the only two local players in the top 10 of the Metro News Player of the Year poll. I gotta admit, I did not put my first place vote on either of those two, though they are worthy of first place votes. My battle Went like this. I actually voted for Hudson's brother, Murphy Clement, because Murphy had a really strong season, too, but was injured. thought of the two brothers. Murphy's the younger one, so he's got more time to win in the future. I thought he had the better season by the numbers, and I was more impressed when I saw Murphy. My second-place vote went to Gus Morrison of Richie County. My third-place vote went to Jermaine Lewis of Fairmont Sr., who battled through some injuries, had a strong season for Fairmont Sr., Class A champion. I just like the way he ran the football in the state title game. He finished with over a 1,000 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns on the ground, 2 touchdowns through the air as well. Well, and a strong runner. I think Jermaine Lewis is a guy that's going to be a name to be reckoned with next year. He's a junior this year, so he'll come back for one more year and teams have better watch out for him. There's the positional awards of the sportswriters decide. Those are up for grabs as well as the Kennedy Award. They've already awarded two as we come to you this week. A top special teams player of the year went to Damon Cunningham of University. He had four kickoff returns for a touchdown and a punt return for a touchdown. He's also the team's punter, averaging more than 35 yards per punt. I saw one of those returns for a touchdown against Parkersburg South this year. And the linebacker of the year awarded the House. Award. That went to Brogan Brown of Hurricane. The sports writers have done a great job over the last several years of adding more and more honors. It used to be just a Kennedy Award and a couple other awards. Now, there are a slew of other awards for positions. It's not to where there are too many, but it's to where there are enough kids getting recognized because as far as individual honors go, you can never spread that around too much. I think there are a lot of worthy players that deserve awards and individual honors, and so they do a better job now than they used to maybe a few years ago of sharing the wealth there. So again, congratulations to Hudson Clement of Martinsburg. The Metro News player of the year, and his guy who you'd have to think is in the running for the Kennedy Award. That's the big one that's still up for grabs this year. We'll see where that goes, and we'll see how that is selected as we wrap up the 2021 high school football season. That'll happen a little closer to Christmas, so stay tuned to Metro News, stay tuned to your favorite statewide outlet, and you can find that information on those sites. Stay connected with us on Facebook, like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. For well, the final time in 2021, let's go between the hash marks and hand out some superlatives and take a look at one top ten and some top fives. The top ten, this is the first time I've ever decided to do this. I'll hand out a top ten players of 2021. Also, I'll have the top five storylines of the year and the top five storylines to watch for in 2022. There's a little bit of a difference in those two. One of them projects ahead and the other one kind of ties up this year. I've not attempted to do a top ten players largely because of this. I don't want a lot of people's opinions and a lot of people's anger directed toward me. I don't see all these teams play. I don't get all the numbers that a lot of people get. I have the information that's published and I have the information that I'm privy to when teams send me those information, that information when statisticians send me that information. And to be honest, I don't have the time to go compile it on every team myself. I'll confess this. I'll talk about Terran Malone from Metro News here in a few minutes, but one of the things he asked me after the season, after the Super 6 is if I was going to do any kind of a podcast in basketball season and I just said no. I said it's been 20 plus weeks of this one. I've got other things to do. It's been hard to try to find time in the last two weeks now that basketball season has started in the high school level to find time to do this project. So I like doing this show, but it is time to put this to bed and give this a rest. So I'm already having trouble finding time to record and edit and produce these podcast episodes, so I don't have time on top of that to go run these individual efforts down necessarily, or at least as in-depth as I'd like to. But these are 10 players in no particular order who their efforts have impressed me for some reason, and I've at least got a defense for each one of these players. First, it's Cyrus Tron for Parkersburg South, as we said earlier. 100-plus catches, 1,000-plus yards receiving this year. Traul was dynamite for this Parkersburg South team. And I almost put his teammate Robert Shockey on there as well. Those two are going to be a big combo to watch in 2022. But Traw a junior, is already lighting it up on the basketball court this year. A class AAA All-State first-teamer, deservedly so. Good season for Cyrus Traw, Only a junior, and big things possibly to come next year as well. Bryson Singer of PHS did not have the senior season he would want to have had, but it was a strong long season nonetheless, 15 touchdowns, over 1,300 yards from scrimmage, and perhaps the most unselfish player in the area. His numbers took a hit because he left the quarterback spot to go be the running back, to go be the receiver, to do whatever his team needed, because that PHS roster was riddled with injuries and riddled with COVID issues from the early to middle part of the season, so he really didn't get a chance to play a lot of quarterback this year in his senior season, but he did what he needed to do to give his team the best chance to win. And I talked to head coach Mike Bias about this, and he said he was always Bryson's choice When he went to a different position or did something different, it was never Bias going to Singer and saying, "Hey, we need you to do this." It was Singer going to Bias and saying, "Hey, I need to do this, or we need to do this. Let me do this for our team." And if I'm a college coach, that's the kind of guy I want on my team. I want that kind of character on my team, and I want that kind of a person who is willing to sacrifice personal glory and personal numbers in order to help my team win. That's what he did in 2021. And though his awards and honors may not be as abundant in the postseason, that's why he's. Getting some recognition here on this show. Because doggone it, we can award things based on character and merit here on this program. Richie County's got a pair on my top 10 Gus Morrison and Ethan Hott. Not a surprise, as those guys led Richie County to a state title. Morrison, back to back LKC Player of the Year, five touchdowns in the state title game. And That added to his regular season numbers, made me wonder why more people didn't consider him for the Metro News Player of the Year award. He had a very strong senior season, over 20 touchdowns and over 1,700 yards from scrimmage. Again, that's a number I figured up somewhere before. I lost when I wrote that down, but he had a very strong senior season. Again, Gus Morrison, someone who will get Kennedy Award votes, I would think. There will be at least one person that puts him somewhere on their ballot, I would have to think. Ethan Haught, a good junior season for the Ritchie County Rebel quarterback. His third year at quarterback, over 2,000 passing yards, 23 touchdown passes. I believe he threw a couple in the state title game, eight touchdowns, and 370 rushing yards. So Hot's going to finish with over 30 total touchdowns this season, helping to lead the Rebels to a state championship, their first in school history. Williamstown's got a couple players on the list. Max Malessa threw for over 700 yards and five scores, ran for 1,600 yards and 22 touchdowns this season. That was leading up to the state title game. So when you add the state title game numbers, he approached 30 total touchdowns as well. And he and the next guy on my list, Ricky Allen, both picked up the slack when Trevor Oates was hurt in the St. Mary's game. Williamstown's season could have taken a hard left in a hurry if they didn't get things back together after the Oates injury. But it was Ricky Allen stepping in and teaming with Max Malessa to give that team a potent one-two punch in the backfield down the stretch and in a way there's some irony in the fact that Williamstown was hampered in the state title game by the fact they had trouble throwing the football because that one-two punch of Melissa and Allen was so good they didn't need to throw it a lot down the stretch and when Williamstown had to throw it in the Class A state title game they had some trouble doing so. But that doesn't take away from the fact that Melissa and Allen were fantastic this season. Josh Rouch of St. Mary's almost 1,700 rushing yards and 16 touchdowns a huge addition to that team. That team is 6-4 and four this year and they're not even 500 Probably if he's not there. That's the difference he made on this team. Sean Winfrey of Tonto Consolidated to put up some strong numbers in the backfield as well. And here's a defensive pick for you Lucas Cox for Frontier. He had three pick sixes on defense this year. Also put up some strong numbers on offense, running for touchdowns, catching touchdown passes. But again, three pick sixes. And those came in about a three week stretch for Lucas Cox. I may have missed some that he got since then. He's on my top ten for defense. And Cabell Isley of River, who's having a good start to his basketball season already. I Isley is on my pick as the final guy on my top 10 players of the year, helping to lead the River Pilots to the third round of the Ohio State playoffs. Uh, They upset Byrne Union in the second round to get to the third round of the newly expanded playoffs. 16 teams in the field instead of eight like in several years before. But Isley was a guy to stand out at the quarterback position and get things done for Mike Flannery's River Pilots. So again, in no particular order, my top 10 players of 2021, Cyrus of Parkersburg South, Bryson Singer of PHS, Gus Morrison and Ethan Haught of Ritchie County, Max Molessa and Ricky Allen, of Williamstown, Josh Roush of St. Mary's, Sean Winfrey of towner Consolidated, Lucas Cox of Frontier, and Cabell Isley of River. Again, I apologize if you thought you should have been on this list, or your kid should have been on this list, or your player, if you're a coach, should have been on this list. Those are the ten that stood out to me. I tried to balance it out between schools between areas, between states even, but those were ten guys that stood out to me. Some of them would be coming back next year as well. That is a good thing if you're a football fan in the mid-Ohio Valley. Before we take a look at our top five storylines of 2021, let's take a look back at episode two, where we had the top five storylines leading into the year. We had a special mention of COVID and its impacts. That kind of had its own category after the traumatic way that 2020 went down. It was just something that hovered over like an entire cloud. So COVID and the impacts, that was an overarching story. How would things be? Would there be strict guidelines? Would fans be in attendance? Would they be comfortable attending in the ways they'd attended before? That had its own recognition. So again, of the top five, one was how mad are some of the teams? Teams like Richie PHS, and Williamstown. I think you could definitely say Ritchie County and Williamstown, especially Ritchie County, used the way last year went down as a motivation in their playoff runs this year. PHS, I'm sure, was just as angry, but they couldn't stay healthy enough to do much about it. Williamstown used that a little bit to fuel them, but especially Ritchie County, because they had a chance to play for a state championship taken from them, ripped out of their hands, whereas Williamstown didn't get to play in the playoffs at all. But Ritchie County got that close, and because of that, I think those seniors especially felt the sting of that and parlay that this season. Number two, Bryson Singer. How far can he take PHS? Unfortunately, he did not have the health uh, to do what he wanted to do and had hoped to do. We'll see what happens with him uh, in the offseason or he decides to play his college football in the coming season. Or really, we should say he didn't have the health around him, but I think you know what we're talking about at this point. LKC Supremacy. Teams like Ritchie County, St. Mary's, Williamstown. Williamstown, they took a big step under Chris Beck in year two by going to the state championship game. St. Mary's got a winning season, but they just did not win. In any of the games they needed to win to get the points to get into the playoffs. There are four losses, any one of those. If they get a win in any one of those, they qualify for the playoffs, no question. And then Richie County definitely built on last year and took the next step with Ethan Hot and Gus Morrison. You could also throw Doddridge County in that lot as well. LKC teams, three of the four semifinalists in Class A, not shabby for the Little Canal Conference. The Ohio playoffs, the expanded field, how did that boost teams like Marietta and Frontier? Uh, Marietta looked like they were in contention for a little while. They won three straight in the middle of the year, but then they fell off late. Later in the season. Frontier lost a chance to go to the playoffs in their final game of the year, a loss to the River Pilots. And of course, River went to the third round. At Parkersburg South, what happens with them? 11 wins in 2019, 1 in 2020, and they got 5 wins in the playoff berth in 2021. So they had bounced back. Those were my 5 stories leading into 2021. So now, looking back, it's the top 5 storylines of the year. Number 1, Ritchie County winning it all. First state title in football in Ritchie County High School history. Gus Morrison, LKC Player of the Year. Rick Haught, LKC coach of the year. Ethan Haught, a strong junior season. They rallied around, especially when Brandon Riddle was hurt in the first playoff game. Seth Hardy stepped up and had some big performances. Austin Bartlett was ejected from that game and wasn't much of a factor in the playoffs, to be quite honest, because he was ejected from a game and missed that one, and then in the state title game, only had one catch. They did not throw the ball to him a lot because they didn't need to use him a whole lot. That's a Richie team that used the entire roster, found depth among their roster. Give credit to Rick Hot for manipulating that roster and, and taking a look at the ingredients he had on the shelf and turning that into a state championship mixture so Ritchie County winning it all a state championship definitely the top storyline in the area of 2021 number two is LKC dominance like we said three of the four semifinalists all from the Little Kanawha Conference a good season for Williamstown a good season for Doddridge County but there were others Gilmer County gets a 16 seed and they go and knock off number one Cameron in the opening round of the playoffs they got that seed by the fifth tiebreaker over Tyler Consolidated another LKC team that had a winning record in into the, end of the playoffs, like St. Mary. So there's six teams right there from the Little Kanaw Conference that had winning records. Four of them were playoff teams, and three of them semi-finalists, with one ending up as the state champion. So the LKC dominance that has carried over from year to year continued again in 2021. The third storyline is the way things went down for PHS and Bryson Singer. His Kennedy chances unfortunately dashed because the numbers weren't there for him. He had to move around the field a lot and fill holes and volunteered to do so, as we talked about earlier in the program. They had some COVID issues and some injury issues, probably. worse than any other team in this area. A lot of players missed multiple games because of issues with illness and injury. They won their finale this year over Musselman to finish the season on a bright note, but at the same time, a little bit more was expected out of PHS. Number four is one that you're not going to expect. The first three you probably saw coming on this list. Number four is not one I've not mentioned anywhere else on this program, and it's Payton City finishing their season. I'm a fan of the small schools and I'm a fan of the Payton City community. I'll admit it right now. I'm an unabashed fan of the way Peyton City chooses to do things they look consolidation in the face and they say you know what not here they're terrified after what's happened to Middleburn what's happened to Sistersville and to some extent Pennsboro and Harrisville to see consolidation and the effects it's had on their communities those communities all have specific identities still but they had even more of an identity in the 80s when they had their schools in their town Payton City looked at that and they said you know what we don't want that here their identity is their school you go there into Payton City and they bleed Payton City Wildcats. Absolutely no question about it. Can they compete with a lot of schools in most sports? Honestly, they really can't and football is one of those right now where they have trouble competing and putting together winning seasons. But they're still going to go out there, lay it on the line, and give you an honest effort every single time. You know that at a Payton City. It was that way when I was growing up. It's that way now and I hope it's that way 20 years from now. I really hope that they can make things work in Payton City and have more generations come through and keep that school open and doing what they do because they're just so proud and I'm okay with that. They're, they're proud to be Wildcats, proud to be from their small town, and there's a place for that, dog on it, and we need to celebrate that. But last year, they were unable to finish their season. They had a dozen and a half people in their program in spring of 2020, about 18-19 players. And then the pandemic came, and there were some people that pulled their kids out of football when the weight room shut down and conditioning looked different. So they went from having 18-19 in the weight room to all of a sudden a little over a dozen when it came time to practice for football, and uh, they couldn't get some of those kids back. They played two games, lost both of them, and then had to call it quits because of of numbers that were in part spurred on by the pandemic, and you couldn't go around guaranteeing that you have enough kids from week to week to play, so they had to shut things down on Labor Day weekend in Peyton City. But that's not Payton City's style. Robert Price came on as the head coach, and even though they didn't have a lot more numbers last year than what they did the year before, they stuck it out. They found a way to finish the season, and Payton City just finishing the season is on this list because of where they had been in years before. And you know what? They've got an uphill battle to face next year as well, and hopefully, they can take that on. they got to win this year. Good luck to you. My heart's out to you. I hope you can make it work and continue to be playing football at the high school varsity level. And five was learning to normalize the pandemic. Did this season go completely scot-free from the pandemic? No. There were teams in the southern part of the state looking particularly at Bluefield that had to really hurry to cram games in in the last month and a half of the season just to qualify for the playoffs. And even in one case, they took a forfeit just to have enough games to get into the postseason. But we did our best to try to keep people safe, and it was a much more normal-looking season than what we'd seen before. Some people wore masked to game, some didn't. A lot of people were vaccinated. And that's something that we have now to help mitigate this pandemic that we didn't have this time last year, or we were just getting this time last year. So a lot more people vaccinated. We've learned to normalize the pandemic and work it into our lives. And I hate to tell you, but that's probably going to have to be how things are going forward. COVID's not going away. We just have to get this under control to where it's not raging through like a wildfire anymore. We have some ways to control it and mitigate that so that you know, maybe when you test positive or COVID in the future. You get COVID, you, know, you can just pop a pill and be good with COVID like anything else. But learning to get back into the flow of things, keeping teams on the field, doing the things we need to get fans in the stand, normalizing the pandemic. That is the fifth in the top five of 2021 because things look a lot different now than at the beginning of the season. We weren't even optimistic that we play the entire season and have the kinds of issues or really the, the minimal number of issues we had, but we did this year. It was a much more normal looking season what we've had before. My honorable mention, I have this. The bounce back for Parkersburg South going from one win to the playoffs after 11 wins the year before and then River upsetting their way to the third round of the Ohio playoffs with that win over Burn Union in the second round and the number of coaching changes already and since the season ended in West Virginia we've had half a dozen teams that had their coaches tell them they're moving on for one reason or another many of those personal reasons as we talked about last week mental health and burnout perhaps a contributing factor but coaches just deciding they don't want to do it anymore at the high school varsity level and those guys stepping aside that and the only reason it's Because it's only in the recent postseason, it's only been a few. But I expect that number to trickle up as we go on toward 2022. And now without anything further, the top five storylines to watch for in 2022. This one maybe isn't fair, but it's always going to be the first thing you ask when somebody wins a state championship. And that's can they do it again? Richie County with Austin Bartley coming back, Ethan Hawk coming back, they lose Gus Morrison. Who else steps up on that roster? I think that's going to be the biggest overarching storyline until they play a football game next season. But Richie County, can they repeat? Can they get back to the playoffs? Will they have enough to do those things? We'll see what next season looks like for the Richie County Rebels. Number two, what happens at PHS after Bryson Singer? It seems like every year there are people wondering whether or not Mike Bias is going to leave that job, and maybe he does. I don't know, but what's in the cupboard. I think with the pandemic this year and the injuries and illness issues, they had to go deep into their roster as well to find some new faces and to find some new skilled players, and they were able to use their depth pretty well to get through a lot of games this year, and they competed in a lot of close games. They just didn't win enough of them to get into the playoffs. So, I don't think the cupboard is bare at PHS after Singer leaves, but what are they able to do with it, and who else steps up to fill in those holes? Number three is Robert Shockey and Cyrus Trawl, year two together. to be their final year. Troll will be a senior next year and Shockey a junior, but Shockey stepped in as a sophomore and made you forget he was a sophomore in so many ways. He's on the wrestling match this winter if you want to catch him there, trawl on the basketball court. Those guys have the potential to pair up and do big things and really propel that team deep into the playoffs. Number four, who's next in the LKC? We've already seen state championships this decade out of St. Mary's, Williamstown, Ritchie County. Does Doddridge come up and do it? Is it Tyler Consolidated that takes a turn and uh, steps up to be the next team? They've got a lot coming back as well, and you can see already what the investment in a youth sports complex out there in that high school school sports complex has done the baseball team was young last year they figure to be really good this year and a lot of those athletes play multiple sports. So you give these players a nice place to play, and you'll get kids to come out for your team but as long as they got coaches and leadership that know what they're doing. And Ryan Walton certainly does. So Tyler Consolidated could step up and be that next team. That would not be out of the realm either. Or you could get a repeat of Williamstown, St. Mary's, Richie Doddridge, any one of those teams dominating. Of those teams, the four I mentioned earlier, Williamstown, St. Mary's, Richie, and Doddridge. Only Doddridge has not won a state title, though they've played for one. But Bobby Burnside certainly has that program built into a perennial favorite in West Union. And number Number five, do we see Parkersburg Catholic again? That's a program we've not talked about in several weeks on this show. They really didn't even come close to playing in the 2021 season. They let that be known well in advance. Larry Thompson, the head coach there, actually was an assistant for Nate Tanner at Parkersburg South this season. I think he would like to build that up. But he's a guy that I think if they don't get that going this year, he's going to get some looks at one of those head coaching positions. And he may be asking his administration right now, do we think this is going to happen? This is the time right now at Parkersburg Catholic. Uh, you might not believe it but right now the next couple months very critical to whether or not that team comes back next year because now is when you need to be talking to kids and getting them in the weight room and getting an idea of how many you've got and if they don't have either the commitment from administration to go forward with the season or the commitment from the kids at Parkinsburg Catholic High School then they need to let Larry Thompson know that now because he has a chance to get a number of these head coaching jobs he's already proven as a proven winner at Mount View a playoff team when he was there last so he is somebody that definitely has the pedigree to win, wants to coach, and is head coach material. Parkersburg South, lucky to have him on staff this year, but he's not going to want to stay an assistant again long. He's going to want to run his program, and if it isn't Parkersburg Catholic where he's already been hired and approved there, then he needs to be cut loose and have the freedom to go wherever he needs to go. So those are my top five storylines to watch for going into next year. What's Richie do? What's PHS do? What does South do? What's next in the LKC, or who's next in the LKC, and does Parkersburg Catholic come back? This is also the point of the program where we would hear from our Metro News correspondent Taryn Malone. You might have heard this a bit in his voice last week. He fell ill over the weekend and is still dealing with a pretty rough illness and uh, he does not have a voice. is not able to record for us today. He's still feeling pretty poor. I talked to him yesterday a little bit. we exchanged changed some texts, so we certainly want to send our best to him and hope he gets well soon. I know he wanted to contribute to this show today, just wasn't able to do it. But more than anything, I want to express my gratitude to Taryn Malone. He's an active college student and a very busy guy covering things from Metro News, taking a full to classes, working jobs here and there to make money when he can. And he had the time and took the time and took of himself to contribute to this project when I asked him to do so, just to chip in. You know, neither one of us gets any money out of, out of this. But uh, Taron uh, is a high character young man for taking that on sight unseen, just because he trusted me and he knew that we could put something special together and I think we really did. And I value his contributions to the show and I value him and if you're someone out there that runs a media company, whether it's sports or not, you want someone to help you with multimedia, with graphic design, design, with pictures, with video, because, you know, Terran's somebody that I'm sure would be willing to work outside of sports if offered the right opportunity, and I know there's a lot of companies that could use what Terran does and use his motor and his work ethic. Uh, he graduates next year. Seriously, get a hold of him. Let him know you're interested. Let him know that you'd like his services, because that's a guy that I would want on my team if I were in a position to do the things that he does, whether it's, you know, corporate training, whether you're overseeing a Division One or Division II sports program. If you need something shot for you, video photos, graphics, he can do it. Multiple threat talent. Taryn Malone, we were lucky to have him on the show, this year, to be quite honest, and I want to thank him for making the time to make this a priority in his life and in his busy schedule. Again, if you haven't already done so, like us on Facebook, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. New episodes every Wednesday during the high school football season on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. At the end of last year's season finale, I offered kind of a dreary farewell to the season because the season ended with a thud. Not this year. This year uh, was a very special year because it looked more normal. It looked more like what we use as an escape. It looked more like what we'd seen in seasons past and in pre-pandemic times. While this pandemic isn't over, there are still people that are dying. There's still people that are in hospitals all the time because of COVID-19. Things are starting to look a little bit more like pre-pandemic times. And that's a good thing. We're able to get together with family and friends. We're able to get together at high school football games. And this has become, again, the place of healing, that place where we can forget about our worries and just enjoy high school football. It's become the hobby again. It was there in some way during the pandemic when we needed it. And it's now back to where it was pre-pandemic by and large. And that's why we're here. We're here because we love high school football in this state. We love the schools. We love the players, the coaches, the traditions. And, and that is something for a lot of people that gets them through the day. And if this gets you through your day in any way, shape or form, I'm certainly grateful for it. You know, 21 weeks of this and it's a lot of fun. But as I said earlier, it's time to move on to some other projects. You yeah, got basketball. And as you might have heard, I got to do a WV men's basketball game and my freelance career continues to stay busy. I've got WV wrestling this winter as well and on top of high school basketball and fingers crossed maybe some more college basketball who knows but either way uh, it's time to put this aside until next August but that doesn't mean it won't live on in our hearts we love the high school football season and always glad to talk about high school football whenever I got the chance the listener makes this show thank you for your downloads your subscribes liking the page and uh, retweeting it every week when you do this is a gathering place for high school football fans it's not a gathering place without the high school football fan and a big thank you to the coaches that we work with that not only make your teams available Make yourselves available. A lot of coaches you've heard from on the show this year made time for me to interview them, and I really appreciate that as well. I'd name names, but there's just too many to name. A big thank you to all of those guys as well. I wish you a very happy holiday season. Thank you ever so much for listening. My name is Eric Little. We'll talk to you again soon. God bless you all. Take care, and we'll do it again next year. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, and thanks for listening.